Well, welcome to Open Outcry, where we roll from the close of the US trade into the new trading session, and we take the pulse of the financial markets, assessing the key themes, views, flows, and movers and shakers to help traders and investors efficiently navigate markets and risk. Open Outcry is, of course, an antiquated relic of the financial system, and it's fitting to have, once again, two dinosaurs of the trading world as your hosts, Mr. Scott Redford, Pepperstone's head of product and senior member of the Flowdesk, myself, Chris Weston, head of research here at Pepperstone. Anyhow, let's get to it, Mr. Redford. Um, last night, late into the session, uh, there was a, a big game, first of the finals, uh, Richmond against Brisbane. Heartache for Richmond. Heartache for Richmond. Were you watching it? I was watching, mate. Yeah, I'm sort of a last quarter man when it comes to the AFL, flicking between that and the Eels Storm game up until that point. But gee, it was exciting. And yeah, it must have been devastating scenes down uh, Swan Street at that oh. um, final tour. And the, yeah, yeah. The good scenes take. in the Gabba. The Gabba. It's all going on. To see one, it looked like a balmy evening. And yeah, they were having a whale of time. Would have been great night out uh, in the valley, I imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. So my, my, my valley days are well and truly behind me, mate, these days. But uh, talking of heartbreak, uh, Leo DiCaprio breaking up with his girlfriend. Uh, it seems that she's got, he's got like an automatic guaranteed stop, isn't it? As soon as they get to 25, it's out. <laughs> bang. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're a fan of a nice chart, and there's been some great charts going around, hasn't there? About, they, you know, yeah. the, the, the ages of his ex-girlfriends and, and where he does seem to break it off. So it'll be <laughs> really interesting, all eyes on um, on his next partner. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, um, and just one thing I want to touch on, you, you made a, a, a great call for our listeners, and um, hopefully they backed you on, on the Aussies last week. What are, you, are you seeing more value there this week? The Wallabies taking on the Saffirs again, paying about 180 this week. I mean, I know we're not a gambling podcast but no and always gamble responsibly if you're going to do that of course um cool i reckon uh i reckon uh, south africa have learned they've acclimatized i reckon uh i'm back in the saffas this weekend that's uh where okay. the, money's, the money's to be made but uh you put it, put it as part of a multi with uh with, with some of the uh the bets keep your money on uh, on melbourne melbourne are gonna uh, they came in quite nicely after the uh the richmond win last night so the, the brisbane lo- uh, win last night so um, the money for me is on 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 the D's to to take it home. So uh, maybe add uh, South Africa into your multi there, and uh, you've got yourself a, a a Western free money trade there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Western, the, the Panthers out there paying huge money, uh, albeit with a B team, but some young bucks out to impress. I reckon they could be worth a look with a bit of a head start. That's but right. mate, let's move on. Let's go around the grounds because it was um, a hell of a night, a hell of a couple of days on the markets. Um, U.S. equities again started. On a weak footing last night, but uh, staged a solid late recovery. NASDAQ not quite back into positive territory, uh, while the Dow finished up about half a percent in the end. Uh, European equities, on the other hand, fell into their cash closes. Euro stocks down 1.5%. The OMX, the Swedish index, a standout, down 2.3%. It was a similar story in Asia, news of the Chengdu lockdown weighing on equities there in particular. Hang Seng finished down 1.8%. The ASX down 2%. Um, some big big stocks trading ex-div uh, also playing a part there. If we dig into the sectors, it's almost uh, the direct opposite of recent scenes there on, on the S&P. Energy now a big drag down about 2.3%. Healthcare up the top of the list up 1.7%, uh, led by the likes of Moderna and Big Pharma. Uh, in the FX space, uh, hard to sum this up quickly, but uh, in short, the dollar was strong and stronger uh, following the uh, the ISM report in particular. Dollar yen up through 140 for the first time since, are we saying 1998? 90, uh, 98, yeah, something like that. 
Speaking of Leo's heyday, um, the Aussie dollar down through 68 cents, euro dollar close to 99, um, 99 there, or did it go through? I think it just almost touched it, didn't it? Um, commodities, crude and energies in general remain undoubtedly the focus. WTI down 3.6% overnight, trading now around $86 the front month, and gold down through $1,700. Rates and bonds, mate. Talk to me. Well, I'm trying to keep on the uh, I'm trying to keep on the uh, the Leo theme, so I'm sort of keeping the puns <laughs> going. Um, bonds of bond prices have been going down like the Titanic, uh, and it's been a very okay. lively. Hensu yeah, is one of his early partners, Blake Lively. Um, uh, <laughs> it's been a very lively uh, couple of weeks. I mean, we've we've seen the two year Treasury. That's probably been the best way to look at the the, the rates pricing, moving up into three fifty, three point five percent. Ten year now trading at three twenty five. That was up six on the day. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're still seeing that move up. What we're looking at very closely, Scott, and it's probably maybe something that, that a lot of, sort of re- retail traders may not be as familiar with is, is this concept of real uh, real rates. So what we're doing is we're getting the, the treasury and we're adjusting it for expected inflation over that period. And that's your, your real cost of capital. And that's been moving up sharply in the US. So we've got two-year real rates now at one, 1.16, one, 116 basis points. It's an absolute freight train. It's moving higher and higher and higher. And that is the real cost of capital. So effectively, that's that's something that is really boosting the US dollar. And it's something that's um, you know, weighing on, on risk assets like uh, equity markets, certainly the, the high growth end. So we're watching that one very closely. We call them TIPS as well, Treasury Inflation Protected Security. So you can Google that and you'll probably go to the FRED website and, and you, you can actually look at those numbers for yourself. Um, in terms of what we're seeing in volatility, um, I'm actually still quite surprised. I'm interested to know you because, uh, you know, obviously we, we are a play, uh, Pepstone are a, a play on volatility. People love volatility, but we've got the VIX trading 25.5%. I'm, I'm quite surprised it's not getting into the sort of the higher 20s, into maybe in the touch mm. of 30, but I think realised volatility still needs to pick up a little bit. Uh, in terms of rates, this is the big one. Okay, so we're going into what is going to be a very lively September. Uh, I'll start with the Fed. Um, the 21st of September, again, is is, is the, the meeting there that, that we're looking forward to. Um, it's going to be dictated to by the payrolls. We're pricing in 68 basis points there. So that is, is again, leaning towards a 75 uh, basis point hike, which is probably my default, unless we get a, a really weak number there. Next week, we get the RBA meeting. Um, we've got 46 basis points being priced in, so pretty much on the nose of 50. Um, so, yeah, mm. 50 basis point there. Uh, we can go further out the, the rates curve in, in, in Australia and we can say that the, the terminal rate, which is the part of the, the the futures market, which is the highest point or the, the, the point where we're pricing in the most, and that's kind of going into sort of May of next year and that's pricing in near close to 4%. So the market now is saying that the, the cash rate in Australia could get up to 4%. Uh, we've got the next Bank of England meeting on the 15th of September. We're pricing in 65 basis points. So we're moving, you know, a dollar is a jaw to, to another massive rate hike from the Bank of England there. And then the, the really interesting one, Mr. Scott Redford, next week, mm. we've got the ECB meeting out of nowhere after a massive inflation number there and some hawkish rhetoric. We're pricing in 68 basis points there. So it seems to me that that is going to be a volatility event. The market is, 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 is pricing a, a higher probability than not that, the, that, that we get 75 basis points from the ECB. And the terminal rate for, for Europe now get expected to get up to about 240, 2.4%. So, you know, that, that just leads us to believe that, the, that there's going to be some, some life in this old dog yet. So uh, that's, that's kind of how, yeah. we're, that's how we're kind of positioned on, on, on rates and uh, on bonds at the moment. So a very lively September in store for the traders out there. 
It sounds to me like this weekend you've got to focus on getting some sleep, mate, because next, week, next week's going to be a struggle to fit it in with all those. Mate, I'm curious. It's Father's Day in Australia, so if you're not going to get, if you're going to, if you're going to be afforded sleep on Sunday, this is this is the weekend to take liberties, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a good point. I think Mother's Day you get a sleep in, Father's Day you get woken up got at the crack of dawn by your kids in my experience. But yeah, good luck if you can get one in. Well, we'll see. So they're all pretty excited at the moment. So um, I know it's going to be an early start as they come in giving me uh, uh, pictures of, of, of stick men representing myself. Um, <laughs> Will they put a breakfast on for you, Liz? Yeah, I think so. My, my, my three and a half year old just managed to make his own toast. It's an absolute mess. It's like a Picasso painting, to be honest. But um... <laughs> so we're talking continental at this stage. Yeah, okay. it is, mate. I think uh, I think the wife might uh, take them down to the local cafe and uh, bring back an egg and bacon sandwich. I think that's going to be a. If I can get that on Father's Day on Sunday, I'll be a happy camper. Job done. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we go, drill into what's behind the moves? Yeah. Can I ask you, or did you have anything else to do um, opening calls? No, I mean, it's just going to be, course. we're looking, looking for the market to, uh, around Asia to open on a fairly flat note as well. So I think, mm. um, you know, what's behind the moves is probably the, uh, the the bigger thing. So what, what what's on your mind there? So mate, we've touched on it, the US dollar. It's at its highest since 2002 so um really in focus what do you what do you think well as i said we got we got real rates moving up so that that incentivizes capital to continue to be in the us but yeah i mean i, I still think you've got momentum trade in there so your, your trend following funds your ctas your trend following funds are, are yeah continue to be well probably max long now us dollars but it's still the best place to be i mean yeah the uk is an absolute basket case at the moment in terms of some of the out, uh, inflation calls that you're calling. You know, so Goldman's were saying that, that they expect inflation in the UK CPI to especially get up to 23% in Q1. Now, we know that City mm. Citigroup came out of a call of, of 18%, and that caused a few ripples, and Goldman's are taking it higher and higher. So, you know, that that is not good. I mean, people say oh, high high inflation good for currency. I think in this 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 answer when you get to when you get to that high, it's just it's not good at all. Europe obviously uh, they've got their issues. Um, you know, we're going to see a recession. That's that's a given in my opinion. Um, mm. So the only reason the euro rallies is just positioning because it's quite sensitive to any kind of good news. Um, Japan, well, you know, in an environment of rising interest rates and, and bonds. Um, yeah, the Bank of Japan's ultra dovish stance means you know that, that even in times of risk off, you know, that risk off is generally driven by higher bonds, and therefore you know you don't want to be you want to be short the yen, and that's what the market's done. The Noki, yeah, you know, we've seen the the Norges Bank coming out this week and saying that you know that they're, they're buying um, a three and a half or selling three and a half billion uh, Noki per per day at the moment <laughs> into the markets or per week, one of the two. Um, but the market's you know clearly sold. Uh, knocky pretty hard. So when you're looking at like the investment case and the relative attractiveness as, as, as a destination to party capital, the dollar is the place to be, and, and the market is has warmed to that. So it's yeah, it's, it's, it makes it's a no-brainer why why you'd be in dollars at the moment. And and to be honest, also Scott, if you if you've got an equity drawdown, the best place to be hedged is is the US dollar as, as your asset of choice because you know bonds would usually be the defense in the portfolio, but bonds have been selling yeah. off, equities have been selling off. So you um. You know, you buy um, you buy dollars as your hedge because it's got the biggest negative correlation to equities. Um, so I think if you if you want to hedge yourself against drawdown, we haven't really seen it in, in options. While the VIX is trading at twenty five percent, we're not seeing that in skew. So you just buy dollars as your as your hedge. I think that's probably been the place. The question now is is with so much love in the dollar, um, you know, 
how, how, what's going to keep pushing it higher? So we're probably going to need mm. to see uh, bond yields continue to push up on a relative basis, and you know, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. But uh, I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't be betting other than just a, a quick drawdown and, and a repositioning. Other than that. So you're buying buying dips, is what you're saying? I would be, yeah. No, it's interesting because yeah. you know last week yeah. we talked about clients being um, being short dollars. Um, you know, it, have they been changing that position? Have they been moved, have they been trading in and out of that position? I know when you when we say it's a snapshot of time, and of course that, that's people who are trading you off off ultra short termism, and people are holding longer. So it's a hodgepodge of all you know, different opinions and, and hold times. So how, how have people how have people been trading? Um, yeah, you know, their dollar now as a result of what's happened. Yeah, they've been uh, more active than usual in terms of uh, hold times uh, in and out more than more than usual. But uh, on the whole, they do, uh, do remain short and and sh- and getting shorter as um, as the dollar keeps going up. Looking for a, looking for a dip at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Good stuff. But that's our active trade. You touched on inflation in the UK, Chris. I had a photo through yesterday from a mate over in London, and um, you might want to sit down for this. He he sent me a shot of a a menu: bacon and egg bat. Eight pounds. Jeez. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if my memory's failing me, but I was there about ten years ago. And I'm sure I'd, I'd get change out of two. Quid well, they never, never did that, Greg. But I love the fact that the default, um, the, the the inflationary guide has has moved on from being one of pints. Oh, you know, a pint cost me sixteen dollars, yeah. or pint cost me six, uh, yeah, eight quid or whatever. Now to bacon and egg baps. <laughs> is, is that is that is <laughs> yeah, that our, yard, is that our yardstick of inflation that we've moved on from? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Everyone Why can't it be both? Why bait? can't we have beer, like a pint and a bacon and egg bat? A combo? Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's combo, your, your morning yeah. index and your evening index, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking at the markets this morning and we were looking at uh, the you know, commodities. We were looking at the breakfast juice, the breakfast bat, and we could say, yeah, oats. Oats were going down hard. Oats is getting absolutely destroyed. If you want to go and trade oats as a, a CFD, then mm. that sort of thing. But then you've got orange juice, and orange juice had a good rally recently, and um, but it's just pulled back a little bit. So we're looking at the, uh, yeah, the breakfast pears trade, effectively, <laughs> oats versus orange juice. Yeah. Okay. So as a whole, the breakfast index is sort of staying relatively flat. Yeah. Well, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, next uh, next one I want to look at. It's another key level, and we mentioned it. Gold down through seventeen hundred dollars, and that's a big one for our clients. Yeah. Pull up a weekly chart of gold, um, and and you know, last couple of years, sixteen seventy eight your level. Um, unfortunately, it's a podcast. We don't have a, a, a we can't. You know, show it pictorially, but uh, 1678 is your line in sand. Obviously, it's, it's a mercy of you know, a stronger dollar. If, if, if the dollar continues to juggle, then, then you know, gold's going to struggle. And maybe if you want to be long gold, you do it in a, an alternative currency that, that's falling away, maybe the Aussie or um, you know, the pound, for example, the weakest one. So you want to go long in, in gold in the weakest currency and you want to go short in the strongest. So, you know, by being short gold in dollars has been your trade. Um, mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I think sixteen seventy eight. You know, in sand. So if the dollar continues doing what it does, and and um, you know, if real rates continue to go up, where in this current trajectory, then that sixteen seventy eight probably doesn't mean a lot. You know, support for me in in, in a market where you know your two key inputs are, are just you know, going one way is, is it probably doesn't mean much. But sixteen seventy eight, I think if it breaks through that psychologically, then uh, you know the, the gold price is going down. But it's it's, it's really just a it's just a second order derivative of, of, of what's happening in the dollar, in my opinion. What a yeah, gold is our most traded product there, Scott. So, w- what's the activity? Uh, I, I assume people are, are probably long gold given the, the dollar exposure there. Is that right? 
Yeah, exactly right, Mary. Um, they do have a significant long position on gold versus the dollar now. Um, looking for a bit of a rebound there. Um, but yeah, we've seen that it's been far and away our most traded market over the last, certainly over the last week or so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, clients taking a very active interest around those. Yes. Yeah, I think payrolls will be bigger, yeah. you know, next week with Brainard and, and bits and pieces. So, yeah, keep an eye on that, but obviously keep an eye on the dollar. And if, if, if for me, if, if I want to go long the dollar, then then I want to do it in another currency other than the, than the dollar, unless I generally thought we were going to see a sell-off. So, yeah, interesting on that. Yeah, and, and another key level uh, we, we touched on crude um, front month down um, again overnight uh, into about $86. Mm. Yeah, we talk about double bottom, similar sort of situation as gold. It's, it's just got this big support level. We're, we're pushing the um, the August lows at the moment. So, um, you know, on, 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 our, on our price, which is kind of a, a blend of, of, of yeah, blend of the futures contracts. Then, um, yeah, eighty six, eighty is the uh, the uh, the level that you want to look at. There, uh, it's interesting. There are some really positive fundamentals around the crude market. We saw OPEC this week coming out and and uh, cutting their forecast for what's going to be a a, a current oh sorry a, a supply um, surplus this year, but they cut it back to you know, halved, and then they expect to see a deficit for, for next year, which is obviously supportive of the crude market. And the Saudis are making a show of intent that. Uh, effectively, you know, that there's this big disconnect between a broken futures market where there's no liquidity at the moment and, um, you know, potentially looking to cut output if needed to. So there's kind of that that, that stop loss in the trade. But yeah, price is true. It's the final arbiter of truth. And um, yeah, I think a breakthrough this kind of 86, these kind of mid, mid-August lows. And I think that will probably get a lot of attention from 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 those, you know, continuing to add to short positions. So it's an interesting one. Um, crude from from clients, how, how, how are they doing on the whole energy complex? We see much in, by the way, of Nat Gas, gasoline, spot crude, spot Brent. Is it, is it, it was all mostly on the long side or short side? What are they doing? Uh, so, uh, it's a boring answer, but they're pretty evenly split yeah, on okay. on energies for the most part. And we are seeing um, a decent amount of trade in what I'd consider related FX pairs. For, so um, CAD in particular, sterling CAD, Euro CAD, even CAD yen, and um, a bit of trading in um, the Scandinavian pairs as well. So people looking for you'd consider them sort of proxies of the of the energy space when you largely yeah. those those currency pairs. Well, CAD, yeah, CAD, CAD's um, CAD and Noki, you know, and yeah, uh, the yeah. MEX to an extent. But uh, I think Swedish is, is interesting. That's been getting hit pretty hard, and that's kind of like a leverage play on Europe, really. So that kind of does has the same has the same thematics uh, as Europe in in, in some regards. Um, and, and and maybe front runs in some of the economic uh, capacities to what we see see in Europe. So that's an, obviously an interesting one there. I was thinking, you know, when you watch uh, something like the Olympics, you, you I th- talk about five minute experts. You know, you, you turn on a new sport and you've got no idea what's going on. Five minutes later, you're arguing with the judges. And that's <laughs> sort of like that in our in our industry. You know, one one day you've never heard of the the Nord Stream one pipeline, and then and the next day you're you're an expert on it and. You know, in a month or so, we'll probably forget about it. But well, um, no, no, com- been... no comments on that, mate, because I might not be massive uh, victim of that myself. So um... <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, it's just the nature of. This is how we, it's how, it's how we price risk, right? You know, if, if yeah, the market exactly. suddenly goes, oh, you know, the Nord Stream's a, a pipeline, the flow, and, and and you know, the inventory levels is something that could really cripple the. The, the European economy and, and, and it probably still will. Um, yeah, we we need to try and understand what it means. And, and I think uh, it's great. Yeah, that's how you learn about. Every day's a school day, Scotty. Every day's a school day. That's right, mate. Never too old. Never too old. You know, to learn about yeah. something like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's been an interesting story this week, hasn't it? German 
Germany, the energy crisis there in focus, you know, getting nothing through the pipeline. All of a sudden, they're getting it via China, and the situation isn't that bad. And, um, well, they've got big inventory levels. So, yeah, we're watching, we're watching Nord Stream, um, but we do know that, that the market's taken some solace from the fact that German inventory stockpiles are, 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 are pretty good. They're running about 85% capacity. So, um, you know, flow will be important, but at the same time, it seems that the Germans have, have probably got enough to get through probably quite a dark winter, even if the, the flow doesn't turn on immediately. So that's the mark is, is, is taking some solace the situation. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, lastly, US payrolls, non-farm payrolls tonight. Um, you know, you've put together a fantastic preview on that as always. Is there anything you want to touch on there? What are you well, looking the, for? The, the market's looking for, for 300,000 uh, non-farm payrolls, net jobs. The market's looking for an unemployment rate to stay at 3.5% and average hourly earnings, which is the inflationary component, at 5.3%. Um, so the way I'm looking at this is the market will, the algos will immediately key off the the, the change in, in non-farm payrolls. Um, and I, I would say with 300,000, let's say 400,000 would be a really strong number. Um, but depending on what happens with the participation rate, you could see the unemployment rate going down to say five point, uh, sorry, 3.4%. That would be very positive for the dollar. It'd be good. Yeah, we would see bond yields sell off, um, and I suspect you know bad news. Uh, good news would be bad news for a stock. So I'd imagine that situation that you're going to see the Nasdaq down pretty hard. Uh, a negative number, I think. You know, let's say 150,000 jobs or below would probably see the dollar come off. Um, and we'll see what happens with the unemployment rate in that situation. That's obviously going to be driven again by the participation rate. But I think the market would probably take some, some solace on that because the Fed wants to see a softening in the labour market. So that, that's the way I look at it. So below 150, depending on what happens with the unemployment rate, I think you're going to see the dollar coming off. <clears throat> yeah, Equity is really coming, uh, rallying. Bad news is good news for, for stocks and probably good news for gold as well. The question I'm going to ask you, Scott, is given the positioning in the dollar in the, in the broader market um, and given the flow that we've been seeing, the trends, you know, do you like the how, how do you feel about the idea that, uh, that if we were to get what, what where would the bigger movement in the dollar US dollar come from? Would it be coming from an upside surprise or a or, or a miss? You know, where do you think you're going to get the bigger move in the dollar? A, a miss to consensus or a beat to consensus? Yeah, I feel like it would be on the downside. I mean, certainly retail clients they're positioning, they're looking for that retracement. So I think any hint of retracement, and we'll see that compounded um, given the way people are positioned and, and, and any time you're looking at you know yeah. all-time highs and significant levels do you agree with that yeah no I, I think that's I think that I, I actually think that yeah that, that, that's the case I mean given what's priced into the rates market now we're 68 basis points so we're verging on 75 there's no way the Fed are going to go more than 75 they're never going to go to 100 they're never they're not going to have an intermarket uh, meeting after this one so I think we're, we're pretty rich on pricing you know the two-year trading at three fifty. It's yeah, finding sellers into that, uh, finding buyers into that number. So, from a pricing, the market's desperate. They're desperate to find peak inflation. They really, really want to hang on to this narrative of um, you know of a softening labour market. So, any signs that, that happens, and I think could be very sensitive to that as well. But you know the dollar positioning is going to play a part, and we know that the broader market is is um, is, uh, is obviously quite long of US dollars. So yeah, risk reward suggests being short, but uh, you know, the trend is your friend. The 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 chance of a strong I, I think ultimately though, the, the chance of a strong payrolls number is probably higher than a weak payrolls number. 
Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, so looking ahead, I mean, we have covered most of it. Um, Non-farm payrolls, German trade balance tonight. Next week, you covered off as well. Mm. RBA meeting, ECB meeting. I think Liz Trust, due to be sworn in up there in, in Scotland. Um, anything else <laughs> that we haven't mentioned um, that you've got your eye on next week? Uh, Lael Branyard, so she's the vice chair of the Fed. She's oh, yeah. going to be speaking on Thursday at 2.30 in the morning, so that's one for you to get up to Scott for. Um, uh, also, uh, Jerome Powell will be speaking uh, later on that day, at 11 at night, so yeah, a, a bit of water under the bridge. But yeah, you've basically got the vice chair and the chair of the Fed speaking on that day, so that's going to be a big one. But the ECB meeting is going to be, really, you know, that could be some pretty lively moves coming through there. The RBA meeting... Probably not so much. We've got GDP numbers in Australia as well. GDP is a, a bit of a backward-looking one. So, yeah, again, it's a really big one. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Liz Truss coming in is necessarily going to be a pound uh, event for the, you know, a volatility event for the pounds. She's been massive favourite for a long period of time. It'd be a big surprise if she doesn't come in. Um, mm. There's talk that she might call out a supplementary budget um, in uh, the, the latter stage of this month. So that could be quite interesting to see. But obviously, we're not going to hear that right now. So yeah, lots, uh, lots going on. We continue to watch the dollar. Uh, we watch the euro aussie dollar um the world financial markets are never dull are they mr scott redford certainly not no just when you think they are something else comes along to keep them moving yeah um what's what's your what's your market to watch well i think tonight, tonight it's going to be uh gold but, i mean we could look mm. at you know, bond yields because of, uh, you know, they are effectively in rates of their first order derivative. But yeah, I just think that 1678 level, while well, we've seen a, a few buyers stepping, but we're trading 1695 whilst I converse with you. Um, I think a break of that 1678 level will get some headlines coming through. And given it's our biggest position, it's something that I think, um, or client biggest interest, I think it's something that people have to watch. Uh, so I, I really, I'm quite interested to see what's happening in in, in, in the broader commodity spectrum. Um, but yeah, gold's really something that that, that, that jumps out. So I think, uh, you know, a, a big payrolls number tonight. And um, as I say, I think gold, uh, gold gets uh, taken down. And you good self, what are you looking at? Well, I don't want to repeat myself, but dollar yen is the one I'm looking at. And mm. and um, one more thing I will touch on, it is a US uh, holiday on that's Monday, right. a long weekend. So that's one to watch uh, on Monday. You know, often um, US holidays mean low liquidity and low mm. liquidity can mean exaggerated. Well, you've had some of like, some of liquidity across markets. I mean, we talked about that in the oil market, but uh, yeah, people, it'd be nice for people to come back to the desks and, uh, you know, the, the ability to get size done, um, it would obviously increase. Now, in terms of your fact of the day, what are you looking for as we wrap up the show today? Day. I've jotted down here, Twister Camel. Now, what was that? That was, uh, here we go. In the film Twister, you remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, speaking of the late 90s, the noise of the tornado was made using the moan of a camel. All right. So, okay. So that's why. How, how, does, how do they actually get that? How do they get the camel to moan? Is there like some special trick? How do they get the camel to moan? Yeah, I think we leave it there, and that's one to think about um, over the weekend. How do they get the camel to moan? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's. Um, but yeah, interesting, isn't it? Interesting. If you want to Google, I mean, who, who I'm not sure if you want to Google that on the on the work uh, on the work email, you might get a message from. Uh, <laughs> from <the IT> guys. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. Anyway, thank you, Mr. Redford. Uh, to all the viewers and listen, to all the listeners, um, hope you have a good weekend. Enjoy Father's Day if you're in Australia, uh, and we'll see you back on on Tuesday for my open outcry from me goodbye thanks chris all the best have a good weekend you too fella bye bye